Now, isn't that a good-looking logo? You know, I would just like to say that I designed that. No, I did not. I'm just kidding. The red love was my idea, though, so I do get props for that. But isn't that a sharp-looking logo? Because, see, it demonstrates what we're about and who we're about for what we're about. And the idea was if, if some, some people say, well, city is so big, if God himself was going to design a logo for John 3.16, which would be bigger, for God so loved or the world? Think about it. Cornell said something that was very profound. He said that love has to have a point of contact. That love has to be expressed. It has to reach out to something. So we want people to know that love is the reason why we're after the city. Amen? Now, as, as far as the building and all that stuff, you know, we, we hold all that with an open hand. We want what the Lord wants. We don't want what we want. And, you know, we've looked. Lord knows we've driven around this town and put miles on cars trying to look for buildings. And we just keep going. I, we just keep going back to that building. Because if you pull up Google Maps, you type in Tifton, Georgia, you want to take a wild guess at where the pin drops on Google Maps, right there on that block. And so we just, like, okay, well, and here's the other thing. When you're going south, it's Love Avenue. Then you cross over and it turns into 41. So all roads lead to the love of Jesus. I mean, there's just so many things. But if we don't get the building and we get something else, that's fine too. But we've got to have a point where we express our faith and that's where we're, that's where we're, that's where we're reaching for. Can I get an amen? Amen. Well, stand with me. Let's just pray over this one time. Jeremy, thank you so much for you and your wife coming and helping us lead worship. And Jessica, yeah, you did a good job. He, he just should stay up there and just keep playing the whole time. He plays so good. No. Father, thank you so much for what you've done this morning already, what you're going to do. Father, we do not consider what you're doing to be nothing less than a miracle. Father, for us to be able to take this facility that you blessed us with years ago, blessed this place with years ago, and now you've totally and completely sold it for us, never had to do anything. You just took control and you said, I got this, and you took it and you sold it. And now we have an opportunity to just express to you our gratitude for that miracle. Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Father, we hold everything that we're doing and everything that we say, we hold with an open hand. Well, Lord, I know and believe, and we believe that this is what you've called us to do, and so we're stepping out. Lord, I thank you for being with us and giving us the grace to transition with honor, integrity, transparency, and above all, a, a, a renewed vision for what you have for us. In the name of Jesus. And now as we break into this bread, the bread of life, Lord, I thank you that you give us insight like never before. Come on, just pray that with me. Heavenly Father, I believe I receive everything you have for me this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. You know, as we're walking through this process, it is so good to just be reminded of some things. So we really have three weeks until the final service, this one and two more, until we, you know, like she said, it's not the end, it's the end for the beginning. It's, it's, a, it's a closing, it's what the Lord said to us, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. So what's dying is actually going to be bearing fruit. And so in this process, we don't want to just, 
we don't want to transition from this place to the new place and all we did was change our name. We don't want to transition from what we're here, what we're doing, what we believe and transition over here and now we're just in a new location but we still believe, we still have. And there's going to be some commonality but, but God is just reaching inside of me, reaching inside of us and express, And this is the journey we've been on for a few months. Expressing to us what is the church going to look like? What is it supposed to look like? You know the funny thing is about labels is that when somebody labels you something and you, you hear it and you listen to it and you begin to act, before long it becomes a prison to you and you can't step outside of that label because somebody labeled you. Or you're a redneck. Or you're a country boy. Or you're a city slicker. Or you're a Yankee. Or you're a doctor. Or you're a prophet. Or you're a girl. Girls can't do this kind of stuff. You're a man. Man can't do this. Men shouldn't do this. Blah, blah, blah. The minute we step into a label, we confine ourselves and put ourselves in prison. I'm not interested in people's labels. I'm interested in what God's label is. And what we've done is we've done that with the church. I think if Jesus was here, if Jesus was to come in our generation, if he would have waited and came to deliver, to, be, to, to, to give his life a ransom for many in our generation, I really believe that Jesus would have made films. Because Jesus, they didn't have film technology, so what did Jesus do? He told parables, which is a movie that uses words. I honestly believe that if Jesus was to show up, we'd have to teach him how we do church. Now, Jesus, you can't sit there. That's reserved. Jesus, you want to come be a part of the, this is our committee meeting that we have, or this is our team meeting that we have. I really believe that if he was to show up, we'd have to teach him how to do church. How many of you know it really doesn't matter what people say or what people do, how many of you want to know what Jesus said the church should be? And that's it. We're redefining ourselves. T.D. Jakes wrote a new book. It's called Soar. I'm going to get that book too. I'm just waiting on the UPS guy to drop it off. But he said, he said some things that were very, very interesting. He said, I never knew... That the way people described you will become a prison until after they did it. He said, you're at your best when you're authentic to your core and you have to be who you are, not who they say you are. Sometimes we allow people to label us and if we're not careful, we will confine ourselves to that label and limit what God wants to do in our life. We've done that with the church. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 sometimes you can define something so much and label it so much and dissect it so much that you take the simplistic nature out of it. And I believe that's what we've done with the church. We had a, uh, a couple of months ago, we were, we were meeting, some of us, and we were strategizing about what is One Love City Church going to look like? What's the culture going to be? And listen, it's hard to redefine a culture in an in a environment that, you're con that you've always been in. So in a lot of respects, the, the godly discontentment that we feel sometimes on a Sunday or the uneasiness that I feel, because I feel it, maybe you feel it too. It's like there's an excitement, there's an anticipation, but yet we just we sat in these chairs last week. You know, this is the chair we've been sitting in for you know 15 years, 10 years, 20 years, five years. It's like how can we really get excited? How can we really step out and be something new when we're still stuck in the old? You know what I'm saying? That's why women like to dye their hair and get haircuts. Men like to cut their haircuts too, don't we? Ain't that right, Jamie? That's right. We like to get we like to look good too. We like to change. We like to be fresh. Right? So it's hard in this environment. But at the same time, there's something that God is doing, and we've got to pay attention to what he's doing, getting us ready for what's ahead. So in Matthew chapter 16, it's what Jesus said. Jesus came 
into the region of Caesarea Philippi. And he asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So he turns to his disciples and says, who do people, what do people say about me? What are they saying about me? Who do they say we are? And I say to you, what do people say that we are? Who do they say the church is? Well, I was riding with somebody recently, and I said, us two in this vehicle constitutes the church. Not only are we having church, but we are the church. The representation of Jesus Christ, bless God, going somewhere to happen. The simplicity, because Jesus said we're two or more are gathered in my name. But the church has lost its influence. The church has lost its power. The church has lost a lot of it. Why? Because we've watered it down and we've diluted it to such a degree and tried to define it to such a degree where we've lost the simplistic, simplistic free nature that God intended for it. He said, who do men say that I am? And they said, well, some... So they said, notice they, not one or two, but they. They all started chiming in. Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And out of all them knuckleheads, only one spoke up that we know of. I say knuckleheads because we're all really knuckleheads, right? Especially when we're trying to answer a question. First of all, when Jesus asks you a question, don't answer it right away. Do what he did. Bend down and start drawing in the sand and think about it for you. But he said, well, some say you're a prophet and some say you're Jeremiah and some say you're Elijah and some say this. And he said, yeah, 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 yeah. But who do you, who do you say that I am? To me, Jesus was trying to point out a very crucial fact. It really doesn't matter what they say about One Love City Church. It really doesn't, to one degree, because they're going to say what they want to say. My grandma used to say, honey, it ain't no use in you trying to change nobody's mind if they're talking bad about you, because they're going to talk bad about you whether they, whether they like you or not. It don't matter. They're going to talk bad about you. They're going to talk bad about you. It really, Jesus was saying, it really doesn't matter what they say. What matters is what you see. Who do men say that one loves city church is? I heard something the other day, and I was talking with somebody, and he was like, yeah, the, the, the former pastor used to be New Covenant. And I said, hmm, no, 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 we're, this, we're not changing, the, this isn't a name change. This 501c3 will no longer exist. And this new birth, 501c3, One Love City Church, is being birthed. This isn't, this isn't a face change, this isn't a renovation this is what the Lord said to us. What did he say? Unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and hibernates for a little while, changes its skin color and a few members, no. It says unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it cannot bear fruit. And that, listen, that's a hard. Not only is taking over an existing church, what we've done the past eight years, has been the most challenging thing in ministry. One of the what, I, what people tell me, I don't know because I'm on the front lines here. I don't know what it's like to do some of this other stuff. Not only do they say this is the most challenging, but what you and I are transitioning from and to is challenging. In other words, it doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what you used to be and this, that, and the other. It doesn't matter because we can't change that anyway. What we can do is we can control what we say and how we say it and how we demonstrate it. He said, who do men say that I am? And they said, some this and some that. He said, but what do you say? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, he said this, he said, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven has revealed this to you. Listen, if it took the anointing, if it took the Spirit of God to define, to give Peter to define who Jesus was, it's going to take the Spirit of God to help us define what the church is. 
And Jesus said this. He said, he said this. He said, upon this revelation, upon the fact that you recognize that I am the Christ. Now, I'm going somewhere with this, so hold with me. Now, we're not just talking about Jesus. See, Christ is not his last name. Christ is the anointed one, the called out one, the one that was sent from the foundations of the earth to be the propitiation of our sin, to reconcile man to God. That's what Christ, Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. He brings back, ooh, into place that which we lost in the Garden of Eden. That's what Jesus said he was going to build the church on. He wasn't building the church on his last name. He said upon this rock, Petra. See, Peter's name meant rock, but it meant a fragment of the rock. He said upon this rock will I build my church. In other words, the, the, the moment that you got that revelation, because you didn't get it by yourself, it was given to you by my Father. The moment you got that revelation is the moment that that, that is what I'm going to build my church Who's responsible for building the church? Jesus. What's ironic is he looks at Peter and he said, you are Peter. You are the, you are the fragment of the rock. And upon this revelation of the rock, I will build my church. Who was the one that ushered in 3,000 souls on the day of Pentecost? Peter which was the birth of the church. And other than when Jesus mentioned it right here, are you ready? Other than the word church mentioned, when Jesus mentioned it right here, other than church, this is the first time that it's mentioned. You want to take a wild guess at the next time? Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit came and the church was really birthed. There's a There's a... There's a law when you're using, when you're studying the Bible, it's called the law of first mention. Anytime, uh, uh, the, anytime a word or a principle or something is mentioned for the first time in the Bible, pay attention to it. Because it sets the precedent, it sets the foundation for every other time that word is used. And he said, upon this rock I will build my church. The word church is ecclesia. Now we've talked about this, but listen to this. He said the word church is ecclesia. And it means those that are called out. Good Lord. We're not just here members. We're not just here. We're called. The church is called. Is that better? The church are called out ones. He said, those that assemble in a public affair of a free state. We live in a free state of the kingdom of God. He's called us. What we're doing this morning is assembling together. What we're doing is part of church. So a couple of months ago when we were strategizing, it's like, you know, we focus too much. We focus too much attention on what we do on Sundays. We focus too much attention on what we do on Sundays. And something on the inside of me, just that just didn't sit right with me. Not that it's not necessarily true for some, but for me it wasn't true because I love and value what takes place on a Sunday morning. I love and value what takes place when we go to conferences. It's not that we've placed, and this is what I felt like the Holy Spirit said, it's not that we've placed too much emphasis on a Sunday morning, it's that we haven't placed enough emphasis on the other parts of church. And so we've made this the culmination of everything that we are in existence. And that's not it. That's just a part of it. In the, in the New Testament, the word ecclesia is nowhere, it is not even used for heathen religious assemblies in Scripture. The only time it's used is for the Christian church. Not only did he call us out, but he gave us a word that's just for us. Other religions, other places, other civic organizations that meet, that you can't call that church because what we do is church. But it's not just meeting, it's actually 
a purpose. And so there's two parts to this ecclesia. There's twofold meaning. Number one, it's all who are called by and to Christ in the fellowship of his salvation. You ready? If you're taking notes, write this down. This means that we have a purpose and a mission. We're not just called out to be called out. We're called out for a purpose. The church has a purpose. I'm going to get to that purpose. We have a purpose. The second part is also confined to a particular place. Not only do we have a purpose, but we should have a place. Not just a place like a building, but a place where we represent. Listen, the, in, in the New Testament, there was, there was a home church in Romans chapter 16 mentioned by Paul. That was Aquila and Priscilla's house church. There was the church at Corinth, the church in Asia, the church at Laodicea, the church at Thessalonica. Then there were churches at Jerusalem who suffered persecution. All of that is the church. And so what we have to be careful is that we don't allow somebody to put a label on us as a church and now we confine ourselves to something that God never intended because as long as we confine ourselves to something that somebody labels us will never be the full expression that God intended for us to do. This is just a part of church. When you leave here and you go eat, that's church. Can I get a better amen on that one? When those little waitresses and waiter, when they come up to you, waiters and waitresses, when they come up to you and they come next to you, be the church. I don't have to act like a man. I did when I was little because I was a little boy, so you try to walk around like you're a man. No, I, I'm, I am a man, so it just comes naturally to act like a man. It comes naturally to us to be and act like the church. It is really, listen to me, can I just, like I was with my friend, can I just take a gun out and shoot that thing and kill it? Church is not just gathering here. Church is what we, who we are. We are the church. Ephesians, go, go there with me. Ephesians chapter... One, I'm gonna, we're going to get into this just a minute, just for a few minutes, and then I'm going to let us go. Ephesians chapter 1. Now Paul, writing to the church at where? Ephesus. That means not only did they have a place, but they had a location. It's okay for us to have a building. But it's not okay for the building to have us. See, this thing we're looking at, this building downtown, we believe in God. We just write a check for it and believe God for the finances by the, in the name of Jesus. Unless the Lord himself directs us by multiple confirmations, we will never go into debt again, ever. We'll figure out a way. God will figure out a way to take care of it. It's okay for that. That's, we need something. We need a location. But right now for us, we're going to have to be mobile for a while. You going to be okay with that? It gets us out of our comfort zone. Makes us think, okay, what are we doing? Why are we doing it? Listen, I'm telling you, I met a guy this week that has been helping us around the church, getting some things ready for the yard sale. And it's a program that a friend of mine has a company that, that he's able to bring us some folks from time to time and they help us and we just create this relationship. Listen to me, they're hungry. Do you understand what I'm saying? This guy is starving. And I didn't have to shove anything down his throat I didn't have to try to convince him. I just be myself and we being ourselves. And the little fella done brought his tithes. And he didn't even remember. He done brought his tithes and offerings up yesterday to the church. Because he said, Pastor, I can't. He couldn't call me pastor. He introduced me to his girlfriend and said, this is my pastor. And I'm like, okay, I'll go with it. Hi, I'm his pastor. I'm Lawrence. Nice to meet you. 
Little fella done brought his. He, he was so moved by what he saw and what he's, what he's, what he's experienced and what I've, what I've, I didn't say nothing to him about giving his tithe. I didn't say nothing to him. Nothing. He just said, you know what, we, we gave him some stuff from the yard sale because he was such a blessing to us. He said, you know what, I'm going I'm I'm to bring my tithes and offering. I said, oh, that's fine. I mean, you don't have to, brother. We love you regardless. We ain't giving it to you. We just giving it to you because we love you. He done brought his tithes and offering. Listen to me. He drove up here and handed the envelope to my wife because he said, I can't be here Sunday, but I wanted to bring my tithes and offering. Listen, he ain't never been here before. He's not been to one service. He's, and he's blowing up my phone, text messaging two or three times a day, checking in with me. So what am I doing? Ignoring him? No, I'm texting him back. Sounds good, brother. Amen. I took him with me. I had to go look at some function. We're walking around, and I'm talking to the guy. We're looking at the, you know, the conference center at Agarama. It's beautiful. And we got favor. It just seems like when, we're, when we go to a place, it seems like just favor. I mean, Houston Schultz, I told him, I said, can I just say, you like, you know, you don't give love a bad name. You give it a good name, brother. I said, for a city employee, you, I mean, you just, he's gone over and above. He just, and he said, look, here's what I think we got figured out. I said, like, wait a minute, we? All right, we. This is what we got figured out. Pay attention to what people say because they will reveal their heart. I wonder if I should say that or not. You know how you could tell somebody's getting ready to leave you is when they start talking about you in the third person? I had to get that one right real quick. You know, when y'all get to your new building, I'm talking about y'all, you've been here for 15 years. What are you talking about? Y'all, us. But then when you start talking to people and they go, and he introduces me as his pastor. I ain't his pastor. I guess I am now. I mean, in my mind, I was going, in my mind, he said, here's my pastor. I was going, I'm not his pastor. And the Holy Spirit said, oh, you are now. Okay, who do you say I am? See, you're not the only one who's got to, you know, digest some of this, you know. What I'm saying is, for every one person like that, there's two or three of those in your life. I know there's more in my life. I know there is. There's people that are starving and hungry for, for connection. And as long as we're in this building, to some degree it's hindered us. That's why the Lord said, let it die and let this be birthed. What I'm saying to you is, be encouraged. People are hungry. People are hungry. People are so hungry, they've given their tithes and offerings. They ain't never done that before. I didn't take up an offering. The fella himself said, I'm going to bring, and he done brought it up here. Guys, listen, that's huge. You want me to tell you how huge that are? Because the Bible said, where a man's treasure is. Now, his heart may not have been connected to anything three days ago, but I'm telling you, his heart's connected somewhere now. Because you don't give your money to somebody without your heart being connected to it. So what is the church? Ephesians chapter 1. You ready? Ephesians chapter 1. I heard the Lord say this, I will add to the church. He's not obligated to add to a gathering. He's obligated to add and build his church. So if we don't even know what we're, if we don't even know what we are, how can we release our faith? Come on, somebody, for God to add to their numbers daily. Well, so I guess we did. We added the number yesterday, daily. How many did you get? This ain't no competition. You're right, but I do believe that we should lead by example. And I give you that testimony because. Y'all may not be encouraged, but I was encouraged. I was like, not only did the brother call me his pastor, but now he's giving his tithes and offerings. We got his heart hooked. So we're walking around the conference center looking at this thing, and I took him with me because I had to take him home because he doesn't have a vehicle yet. But he's driving. And so I said, come on in here. Come on with me. So we walked around in there. And I don't know. Just the Holy Spirit just said, why don't you just act like he's a part of it anyway? So we're standing around there, and I go, hmm, and I introduced him. I said, hey, this is such and such. Such as he, he's, he's, he's been helping us out. He's part of what we're doing. Because he was for that day at least as far as I knew. 
this week. And I turned to him and I go, so we're talking about, you know, talking about this. And I turned to him and I said, what do you think? And he goes, I like it. <laughs> I'm serious. So I don't know this guy. I've known this guy maybe 45 minutes. So we're riding around and I go, so I just leaned over to him and I said, so what do you think? He goes, I like it, Pastor. I think it looks good. I like it. We could do this over here. And we, we, we got this. We. So we get back in the truck. And we're riding away. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, if, if it was you and maybe two other guys, how long would it take you to set the chairs up on a Sunday morning? He said, if they can keep up with me, it won't take long at all. <laughs> this guy. So, I mean, this guy's bought in. How many of those people, how many of those are out there that don't, that don't even know? Come on now. This, to me, it, 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 it encourages me because it's like the Lord gives me, a little, gives me a little kiss and goes, this is what one loves, a city church. Because this guy lives in the city. We. I said, what do you think? This, I think this will work. This will work for us. Okay, it'll work for us. What you think? You think you can set these chairs up and break them down? He said, Pastor, listen to me. He said, if they can keep up with me, I'll have them chairs knocked out before you know it. People are looking for the church. Now, are y'all still at Ephesians? Bless the Lord God Almighty. Thank you, Lord. Ephesians chapter 1, he's talking about greetings, redemption. And then he gets down to the prayer. Now listen. Verse 15, therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now listen to me, this is a letter to the church at Ephesus. This is a letter to us. You can go ahead and say this is a letter to One Love City Church. Right? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you an abundance of resources so that you can draw people in and have them come sit in your chairs. What's the first thing that he prays? Come on, this is important. What's the first primary thing he prays? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who? Who's him? What did he say? That upon this what? I would build my church. The revelation. Father, I pray that you would give this wonderful couple the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That's all you need. You don't need to know your next step yet. You just need to know him. That's where the next step's going to come. You don't need to know. You need to know him. Come on. I picked on the new people. Let's pick on you. Not new people, but I mean new word. Yeah, he's been with us before. You don't need to know. You just need to know him. Come on. That was the first thing he prayed. Jesus looked at Peter and said, upon this knowledge of him. That's where it's got to start. This can't be about a program. This can't be about a function. It's got to be about him. Why do you want to come to One Love City Church? Because he said, I've been, this is what the fellow said, I've been looking for a church. I thought there were a bunch of churches in Tiffin. We were church. I've been looking for a church. He didn't even know what he was looking for. He was looking for a, a, a word. He was looking for a description. He didn't even know what he was looking for until he found something that touched the inside of him. Listen, th this isn't, we aren't the only church until we all come to the unity. Come on. I'm good friends and in relationship with Pastor Wayne Rowe at First Baptist until we all come to the what? Unity. It's all right if the music's too loud and the music's too fast. If you don't like that, we don't even know what necessarily the music is going to be like when we get to One Love. I mean, right now we're just trying to find a place to have music. But when we begin 
that process and you don't feel maybe or you do feel listen jump in there head first give it all you got why not what have we got to lose but we're all one body many members but one body the eyes of your understanding be enlightened see that you can't be enlightened until you have the knowledge of him because enlightenment without knowledge of him is just mental enlightenment. No, you need spiritual enlightenment that comes from a relationship birthed from the Father. That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of His calling, His calling, which are the riches of the glory and inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe. Now come on, I'm getting all into what church is about to be. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ Jesus, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age but also in the age to come. So that pretty much covers everything if it's got a name. And it was either was, is, or will be. It's pretty much covered, right? Ready? And he put, he being God, Put all things under his, being Jesus, feet. And gave him to be the head over all things to the who? The church should walk in dominion. Not because of us, but because he's the head over us. And gave himself for us. The church, in the message translation, it says this. It says, he is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. And at the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world, which means near the surface or on the outside. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. Jesus came and died for mankind, but he gave his power to the church so that the church could go and distribute and be the expression that only Jesus could be for one man. That's it. The culmination of church is really that. That we are the expression of what Jesus was. Now we are the expression multiplied. Listen, if you don't get anything else from today, and I'm closing. If you don't get anything else from today, I want you to know this. That when you leave here, everything is under your feet. Whether you lack it or not. Whether you exercise it or not. Everything is right here under your feet. Why? Because you were bought with a price. You were given forgiveness. For a reason. And the purchase that was made for you was the penalty of sin. See, sin, the wages of sin is death. You were given forgiveness, but the price had to be paid by Jesus. And so now you and I have been made in his image. We have been seated. It says in Ephesians, we've been seated in heavenly places with him. So when you and I walk as the church, we walk in dominion. We don't have dominion over people but we have dominion over the spirits that are in operation in that sphere of influence. That's the church. Everywhere we go, we're the church. And specifically, one love. Everywhere we go, we're that demonstration. That's everywhere we go. Every time we meet. See, when we meet here, this is for a reason. And this is good. And we should. And I love it when we meet. And we're going to have our first meeting. And December the 3rd is one love. What is that going to look like? Why do we do that? We do that so we can come together and get excited and get pumped up. Because there's a hundred more, a thousand more of those little fellas and little ladies running around. And little families that need what we got. That's what it is. And it's time for the church to begin to exercise their authority and their dominion. I don't know. I can't tell you with 100%. Wait a minute. Let me make sure I can say this. 
Me personally, I like that building. Somebody said, well, bless the Lord. Is it God's will? T.D. Jakes said, the problem with most churches is, is that we think that God himself uh, made the stool or made the chair or made the podium. We believe that God, God ain't never made a podium in his life. He's never made, this is what he says in his book. He's never made a chair in his life. What does he do? He gives us the trees. That's why he said, that's why he said in Matthew 16, listen to me. That's why he said in the book of Matthew, he said, where two or more gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And he also said this, he said, if two of you agree, that's touching anything. How do you determine any? I, I, I'm going to just drop a hand grenade and then we're going to stand up we'll close and I'll let y'all live with it the rest of the week, okay? What if everything that happens on this earth is not entirely up to him? What if it has to, to depend on us? What if whether or not you, what if whether or not we get that building has more to do with whether or not we want that building? I mean, don't you tell that to your kids? Honey, what do you want? Sweetheart, what do you want? You know, I asked Brim Brim, she's five. What do you want? I want the new Barbie airplane. You know that big jumbo airplane I was talking about last week? That thing's huge. And Lainey was like, it's probably only $100. I was like, first of all, Barbie don't make nothing that ain't $100 that big. Maybe at a New Covenant garage sale or something like that. Maybe one day. But they don't, they don't have that concept. What do you want, sweetheart? And deep down inside, see, we've been taught that the desires of our heart are wrong. That's a lie. He wouldn't say he would give us the desires of our heart if our desires would lead us astray. What if God is asking us, what do you want? So let me help you out. So this is what I do. I go, okay. I lean over to the Holy Spirit and I go, what you think? Should I? You know, when we were riding around looking for uh, land to build a house, I can't tell you how much land we looked at. Well, why didn't you get a lot? I didn't want a lot. A lot, as in L-O-T, not a lot of land. I wanted a lot of land. For what? So you can just ride around, shoot stuff that, you know, jumps, that has antlers, that tastes real good when you cook it, you know. When we rode around and looked at all kind of land, and we saw that land that we built on, it's just like, hmm, we kept going back to it, kept going back to it, and it's like, the Lord said, what do you want? We said, so I did, Holy Spirit, honey, and the Holy Spirit, what do you think? Holy Spirit said, mm, that's good. See, that's what the Holy Spirit is supposed to help. So all I can say is this, that building, we like and we want, but we hold it with an open hand. But bless God, at some point you just got to call that thing in and say, you know what, Lord, we just call it in. And if that ain't it, then you got something else for us. But at some point, we got to latch on to something. At some point, I had to go, will you marry me? And I believe that's what the Lord is asking us. What do you, he said, ask of me, goodness gracious, ask of me and I will give you the nations. We named our church after the city. Let's ask God for the city. Let's ask God for favor. Lord, we want, we want to be that experience. We want people to ride around and say, you ought to check out that one love. They, they do all kind of stuff for the community. They feed the policemen. Feed the... I said to Langston, I said, I said, what would be cool if we just took donuts to the police officers every week, like once a week? And he was like, mm, I don't know about that. That might, you know. Who doesn't like a donut? If you don't like a donut, would you raise your hand? See, I didn't think so. Did anybody raise their hand? No. Listen, that's, sometimes it's this small, listen, it wasn't anything, I didn't say, brother, now listen, open your Bible, sit right here and open your Bible, let me share with you the word of God for three hours. 
All I did was be the expression. All I did was love on him. All I did was take him with me and say, what do you think? And he goes, I like it. People are hungry. That's all. It's just the simplest thing. It's, that's why Jesus said, sweetheart, you drink that water, you're going to be thirsty, but I got some water that you want every day. She was like, what? what? What water? I want some of that water. That's, that's what we are. Stand, stand to your feet. That's what we are to be. Is, is that expression. That's, that, that's what, listen, I, I want you to understand that not only is the church built on the foundation of Christ, but everything that Christ is, we are. And so we now exercise our dominion. And next week, I'm going to talk to you about what does that look like? What is church supposed to look like? Because there's really four characteristics of the church that I see from the New Testament. We're going to talk about that. We're going to look at that. We're going to study that. Because I don't. the last thing I want us to do is launch One Love City Church and don't nobody know what church he is, what it's built on, or what we're supposed to be doing. What's the church built on? Jesus Christ. Who's going to build the church? But he's going to use us. He's going to use us to just love. Listen, why don't you try this this week? Just look for opportunities to just love people. And do like I did. Don't even try to preach at them. Just love on them. Drag them around with you. Well, you're going to an important business meeting. No, look, it ain't that important. We're just going to look at a building. It's not like we're trying to decide what the foundational characteristics of the church is going to be. No, we're just going to go look at a building. What do you got going on this week? What, what area, what area of influence do you... Pay it. Listen, I'm asking you to pay attention to those that are around you because there's somebody around there looking for you. And they're just starving and they're hungry. I didn't, I didn't go after this guy. I didn't know this guy. He was brought to me. And all we did was just embrace. And it may last five minutes. It may last 50 years. I don't know. All I know is while it's hot, I'm going to strike. And while they're biting, I'm going to fish. And bless God, if I catch you, I'm going to put you in the boat and clean you. I ain't putting you in the cooler. I'm going to clean you now. Let's get you cleaned up. Bless God. Come on to church. Get plugged in. Why don't you get plugged in with this group and that group? Here, why don't you meet this guy and this guy? That's what we ought to be doing because that's what the church is for. Community. Look to your left. Look to the person to your left. Look to the person to your right. Well, now that y'all ain't looking at each other, y'all just playing with me now. Look at each other. Look how beautiful the diversity of God is. Now listen to me. I, I'm going to say this and we'll close for real. This is my second, third, first closing. Listen to me. We need what you got. We can't do this by ourselves. I'm talking about the church as a whole. I'm not talking about just us, not just one love. I'm talking about every church. But specifically us and specifically the body of Christ, we need what you got. Everything. Bill, you know, I've told you that a hundred million times. We need your flavor. Emma Jenkins, we need your flavor. Everybody knows we need your dad's flavor. Look at him. Dinku, Amsel, we need your flavor. The body of Christ, this area needs you. Mama Cleveland, we need you. Beverly, oh Beverly, we need you. She then came up to me, she was like, mm-hmm, I'll work for you. I was like, yes, you will, come on. We need your gifts. So I was talking, um, I was talking to Miss Linda at the, at the, uh, when we were getting everything ready Wednesday night for the, for the garage sale, and I was talking to Miss Linda, and she goes, Brother Lawrence, she goes, what's the latest on the building? I said, well, we've got some hurdles we've got to jump through, you know. And I said, but, uh, I said, but we, we, we think we found us a couple of places we're going to land it. I really wanted to land it last week. I said, okay, well, we'll land it this week, bless God. And I said, but I think it, we're going to have a place, and I, th I think it would be good. She was like, good. She was like, we need to take our attention off. We need to be about people. 
for once, not just the building, but the people. The people, the building is to gather people even more, to give us a place to worship, to give us a place to train, to give us a place uh, out from underneath the elements, to give us a place. We got a purpose and we got a place. But listen to me, don't focus on the place. Focus on the purpose. The purpose will take care of the place. He said, listen, I'm going to close. Really, here we go, closing. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his purposes and all these places shall be given unto you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. First and foremost, that the, the body, the called out ones are built on Jesus Christ who's got all dominion, all authority, all power and everything's under his feet. Every name that is named now, was, and is, is under his feet, which means it's under our feet. Thank you for that. Thank you for calling us out and giving us a purpose. And, and Lord, we know we release our faith right now as a corporate body. We release our faith. Come on, release it. Lord, in the name of Jesus, right now, right now we release our faith for the place and the provision that you have for us. We've declared for years that we are a debt-free church, and now you have manifested that before us. And so we declare we have a place. We will have a place for us, but we will fulfill our purpose now in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask Langston and Inez, Carol and Earl, Bill and Carol, y'all come on up. Hannah Sumner, come on up. Tina, April, come on up. Miss Laurel, y'all come on up. Listen, we're going to dismiss, and I'm going to let you dismiss. But at the same time, we don't want to give way. We don't want to give away what the Lord may want to do. So if you need prayer, or you want to pray for somebody that comes up, I'm just going to release you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, anything and everything. Lord, maybe there's someone here to this morning that wants to step into this place and this purpose of the church and actually answer the call that you said that you've given. You draw all men unto you. Now, we've lifted you up, and now we thank you for drawing all men, any of the, anybody and everybody. You want to make Jesus the Lord of your life. You want to become, not, a, not just a Christian, you want to become a follower of Christ. I want to invite you to come down. And maybe, maybe you've been running from the Lord and you want, to, you want to get some things right. You want to get your path straight again. I want to invite you to come. Or maybe you just want somebody to pray for you because you got stuff going on in your life. You need healing. you got a pain in your body. You've been given a bad report. You've been given some things financially that it just doesn't look good. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. He is Jehovah Jireh. He will not only provide for you, but He will see to it that your provision comes your way. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for everything that you are doing in our lives. We give you great are you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be dismissed.